Welcome back to Real Talk Torah, courtesy of the database with Rabbi Yeshua Eisenberg, where for today's issue and Shia, we're going to discuss the Isser of Ribis, or the prohibition of interest. We're going to talk about what exactly interest is and all the different Isserim that are involved, but when we do, we are going to be focusing on two particular questions when it comes to business arrangements that involve interest, also known as Neshech or Ribis. The question is, first of all, number one, why, in fact, it's so terrible to charge with interest? And then question number two, if indeed it is so terrible to charge with interest, why then would it be appropriate to charge a guy or a Gentile or a non-Jew with interest? Because as we're going to see, it is not only mutter, it's not only permitted to charge a non-Jew with interest, but according to some, according to the Medrash, it apparently is a mitzvah to charge a guy with interest. So the question is, why should that be the case? Right? The fact that it should be mutter is already a chiddush. Right? We're not allowed to steal from a guy. It's completely aser diaraisa to steal from a guy. So why is ribis different? Right? Is, is it like stealing? Is, is it comparable to stealing? And if it's not comparable to stealing, so then what exactly is it? Why is it different? So is it so terrible? Is it maybe somewhere... In the middle, it's not necessarily so good or not necessarily terrible, but if in fact it's not so terrible, then why are we not allowed to charge interest of a Jew? So that we have to discuss. Now, it happens to be that ribis is apparently so serious that it comes up in at least three different places in the Torah. There are four mitzvot slash lavim related to ribis that appear in the Sefer HaChinuch. Um, the Rambam actually brings from Chazal that there are six potentially certain that you violate when you're involved in ribis, and we're not going to list every single one of those. We will talk about all the ones that come up in the Sefer HaChinuch, but just to give a basic definition to ribis when we talk about interest. So we might be familiar with the concept from the secular world, but when it comes to ribis, when it comes to interest, the way it works is very simple. One person lends money to another person, the borrower is going to end up paying back more than what he initially borrowed. So the creditor is going to ask for more. So usually interest depends on how much time the borrower is holding on to the money for. But whatever that is, it's going to increase. It's going to add up over time. It's going to be multiplied by whatever number it is. And then the borrower ends up returning more than he initially borrowed. That is the issue and the isser of ribis. And there are many offshoots to ribis, which we're going to talk about. Um, so we'll, we'll come to those soon. Let's just first get to the basics. The first place that ribis comes up in the Torah is in this week's Parsha at the moment of this recording, which happens to be Parsha's Mishpatim. This is the headquarters for the Isser of ribis. And we find this um, in Mitzvah Samaches, Mitzvah 68 in the Sefer HaChinuch. Um, so if you're looking, if you're using the black minchas chenach, it's in chelak aleph, and here is the umbrella iser. This headquarters for the iser of ribis, um, we find a very general pasuk, and that is the pasuk in Shmos Chav Beis Chav which says Lo neshech. You should not put upon him. You should not place upon him neshech, the lashon of a bite, which um, um, Chazal compare ribis to a bite because it's like a snake bite that and that increases. The poison spreads throughout the body until the person is. Uh, is no longer alive. So we're going to see here, it's a similar vein when it comes to the money. The money, um, it, it gets uh, progressively um, depleted 
from the individual who's borrowing that money. So um, it doesn't help. But says the Sefer HaChinach, what's the Isser here in this Pasuk? Lo Sesimun Olav Neshach. He says this includes every possible party who might be involved in the interest. Shalom Na'asaseg B'malvas Ribis B'el Halove B'hamalve. It could be talking about the borrower. It could be talking about the lender or the creditor. And it says not just the not just does this include the borrower and the lender from being involved in this Ribis case, but even... Um, an arev, a, a guarantor or a co-signer. You can't be involved. You can't be an aide or witness to the case. Anything that will bolster it. So whether you're signing a star or you're coming to testify, any possible involvement in this case of Ribis is a violation of this Isser, which includes, again, every single party who might be actively involved in the arrangement for Ribis. That's the first place we find it. The second place we find it is in Sefer Vayikra, Parshish Kedoshim. Um, in the Sefer HaChanach, it's Mitzvah Shin Mem Gimel, it's 343. And the Pasuk is, So this Pasuk is coming to specifically refer to someone who is lending with interest. This is just an Isser on the borrower. Um, and if if he does borrow, the Ramban has a mitzvah that's not mentioned in the Sefer Echinuch. The Ramban, in his mitzvah number Yudzai, number 17, the Ramban has a mitzvah of returning the ribis money if, in fact, you lent with ribis and then you collected the ribis, you have a separate uh, mitzvah to return that money. So that's the, that's the Isser of lending with interest. And then we go all the way to Sefer Devarim. We have um, in... Perak Chaf Gimel Pasuk Chaf. This is in Parshas Kisaytzei. The Pasuk says, "Alos Hashich LaAchicha Neshech Kesef Neshech Ochel Neshech Kol Davar Vigomer." This Pasuk is um, a reference to the uh, the mitzvah, or really the iser, for the borrower. Now, I don't know if the iser is really on the borrowing of the money, but it's specifically on the paying back of the money. In Sefer HaChinuch, this is already in Chelek Gimel, the previous one that we mentioned, um, the Isser for the borrower. That's Shin Mem Gimel, which is in Chelek Beis of the Sefer HaChinuch. Here in, Se- in uh, Chelek Gimel of the Sefer HaChinuch, this is Mitzvah Tav Kuf Ayin Beis, which is 572, and the Isser is paying back the ribis. So if you are the borrower and someone lends you the money, now when you pay that individual back more than you were given initially, you are in violation of this Isser. Besides for the Isser that's in Parshas Mishpatim, you have this Isser in Parshas Kisaytzeh. And then we get to the real Chiddush. The real Chiddush is in Mitzvah Tuf Kuf Ayin Gimel. That's 573, the very next Mitzvah, the very next Pasuk in Parshas Kisaytzeh. And there the Pasuk says, L'nachri Sashech. To the Nachri you will you will charge interest. Sashich literally means to bite. You will bite the nachri. So what, what does that mean? So at first glance, you can read that as a, as a permit, that it's mutter. And in fact, the Sefer HaChinuch here says, it is mutter lilavos mehen baribis. You can borrow from a guy and, and, and pay back ribis. But more than that, beyond that, says the Sifrei, and the Sefer Chanach quotes it, It is a positive commandment that what? That you should charge the guy with interest, not just to borrow with him and pay back the interest, but have him borrow from you. And when he does borrow from you, you charge him interest. 
And then there's the counter, not to take interest from your brother. But what do you see here? What we see here clearly is that there is a difference between a guy and a Jew when it comes to ribbis. And if, you have, if you're making it as a little chart, you know, you have on the one hand, you have a, um, a Jew with whom you're not allowed to have any involvement when it comes to ribbis, not to lend, not to borrow, not to even co-sign or to be a, test, to be a witness to testify, um, not, not, not to have any involvement at all. And then when it comes to a non-Jew, so we're all familiar with this from the secular world, maybe we have had some uh, similar arrangements where not only do we charge interest, um, so sorry, actually not, not only do we borrow with interest, but in fact we charge with interest. And not only is that allowed, but apparently it's a mitzvah, at least for us to charge them. Now we see clearly that the Torah takes interest very seriously. And going back to what we referenced earlier, the concept of the offshoots of ribbis, there's avak ribbis, the dust of ribbis, which, for example, means not just giving back more money, but perhaps paying back a favor that someone, when someone does for you, um, when someone lends you money, then you're going to pay them back and then also give them an additional favor. That's also considered ribbis. Rav Moshe Feinstein goes as far as to say that you can't even say thank you when you're paying back the person for having lent you the money, because that also is, by saying that extra thank you, you're giving them more. Now, Rav Shlomo Zalman Arbach is, is a little bit more makele about that. He says you can say a simple, basic, you know, baseline thank you, but nothing more than just that basic thank you. Not you're the best, you're awesome, you're, um, you know, um, overly praising that person, because that's that's going too far beyond. That's that's avak ribas. That's giving more than what you borrowed. And, um, you know, I actually had a real-life case when it came to ribas. Um, I was in high school, and the individual... Um, uh, in my school, he was um, probably very thirsty, and he he really wanted to borrow money. And he said, "Could I just borrow a dollar from you?" Um, he wanted to get a soda, whatever it was. And he said, "And I'll, I'll pay you back two dollars tomorrow." And he he was trying to be nice about it, and he meant it. And it hit me at that moment, and it could be you know this individual this individual just wasn't thinking about it, but it hit me, and I was thinking, "Hey, this is ribbis, this is interest." And at the end of the day, I ended up um, letting him borrow the dollar without obviously charging him anything more that even if you know because ribis the way it works is even if the person's willing to do it it's an isser on the the it's it's, it's an isser even though ribis is made up of a mutual and neutral agreement as we're going to talk about in a little bit but the point is it doesn't matter even if the lender is even if the borrower is insisting that's still usser that's still called ribis and the question is what is so bad about ribis why is this so terrible because is it in fact stealing is, is, is it stealing? And this actually might be um, subject to debate whether or not ribbis is actually considered um, to be stealing. And that is that is because the Misiya of the Minchas Asher of Asherweiss, he has a piece where he discusses this possibility and suggests that maybe ribbis is considered stealing, or it's a form of gazelle, that when um, Ruvain lends to Shimon, Ruvain's the creditor, Shimon is the borrower, and Shimon pays back the money that he owes Ruvain, but then he pays him additional money. So the argument that this is Geza would be that when Shimon pays back Ruvain the extra money, he's not paying him back that extra money, that's extra money that he's giving him. And when Ruvain pockets that money, he's pocketing Shimon's money. So that would be the argument to say that it is a form of stealing. But there might be a counter-argument that maybe, no, it's not stealing when you collect Ruvain. It's usser. You're not allowed to do it. But... It's not stealing necessarily. And this might be a machlokas rishonim, um, according to the Minchas Asher. The Rambam, he places 
um, the laws of Ribis in Hilchos Malvelova, where perhaps we would can you know we might have um, felt that that was appropriate. Though in Malvin Lova, Rambam has a lot of financial um, halachos, different obligations, and um, it's it's all in the same sections. Um, where on the same book, I should say, of the Rambam, where he also has Gneva and Gzela, he has a separate um, um, book of Halacha, or a separate section of Halacha, Hilchas Gneva and Hilchas Gzela. Um, but all in that, in those financial sections, you would consider maybe these are regular financial laws, and maybe um, Ribis among them is some form of Gazel. However, what's very clear is that the tour does not hold this way. And this is a point that we made in Parsha Panorama for Parsha Mishpatim last year, and I'll make it once more right now. And I'll, I'll make it in the form of a story. The first time that I ever noticed this, um, when I was purchasing, or I should say that I had someone purchasing for me, a Shulchan Aruch, and we were at this farm store, and I was looking at the uh, the binding, and to my surprise, in Yerodeya, where I was looking for the normal things that you would expect there, like Hilchas Tarovas, Basar Bechalav, and so on and so forth, and lo and behold... I see a section, an area of halacha that's in the Yeridea that I did not expect to be there. Because Yeridea refers to just the general halachos, that which is asr, that which is mutter, very you know, basic halachos. Most of the business halachos do not um, appear in Yeridea. They appear in Choshen Mishpat, all the financial halachos when it comes to Dayanim and Gezel, stealing, all the business-related halachos, the monetary halachos, they all appear in Choshen Mishpat, but not Ribis. To my surprise, I saw in Yoridea ribis on the binding of the of the Shulchan Aruch, and in the tour, that's where ribis can be found. It's in Yoridea, which seems to be suggestive that you know, that it's not just a matter of oh you 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 collect interest and therefore you are stealing, but it's apparently maybe possibly not stealing, but it's still usher to have that money and you have to return that money. Another um, thing that might bolster the suggestion that that ribis is not just stealing is the placement of ribis in the Torah, right? It, it comes up in Parshas Mishpatim with all of the different um, halachos that are related to society and business. However, if you look, there are many halachos that are in between the laws of stealing, nezikin, um, all the financial laws that appear at the beginning of Mishpatim. So there's a, there, there are a bunch of mitzvahs in between that section and the section of loans. So for example, how to treat a ger, how to treat an almana, um, uh, the, um, you know that that a witch, someone who performs witchcraft, should not be able to live. There are a bunch of seemingly random halachos that are scattered all between where you find the financial halachos of stealing of shor bor mabe heavier, all the arba avos nezikin and the shomerim, all those halachos. And then much much later, you have the laws of of loans in kesef talve asami. In fact. Um, there's a, there's an old tradition that maybe a long time ago, Parshas Mishpatim was actually two separate Parshios. It was Parshas Mishpatim, and halfway in, there was another Parsha called Parshas in Kesef Talve, or Parshas Kesef. And the Avud Ram has this tradition that um, a long time ago, uh, Mishpatim was actually split into two different Parshios, and that really bolsters this even more. Then one Parsha, you have all the business halachos, and a completely separate parsha you have the laws of loans. The, in Kesef Talve, what are the ethics for 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 when you lend someone money. What is the right way a creditor is supposed to act? And what this shows is that we are not looking at necessarily a case of stealing, but this is these are higher ethics. What is the right way to be a creditor? And this perhaps starts to get to the idea that ribis might not necessarily be as terrible as we think it is. It's more neutral. So the question is then, why is it so terrible to derive 
um, ribbis from someone, to collect ribbis. Like, what, what's, what's so bad about that? And of course, the flip question, if it is so bad, why do we, uh, what, why do we charge a, a guy ribbis? So as for what's really wrong with ribbis, the first time that it comes up in the, in the Sefer HaChanach, so he, he says in the, the, from the Sharshay Mitzvah, and the Sefer HaChanach was known for his Sharshay Mitzvah, where he tries to get to the root of the Mitzvah, to give you Ta'ameh Mitzvah, the reason for the Mitzvah. And the Sefer HaChanach cautions us just that you should realize that um, we don't actually know the real reasons, but we have some things that give taste to the Mitzvah, some ideas that can help us with our understanding of the Mitzvah just a little bit. And with that introduction, um, in Mitzvah Samaches, where he talks about not being involved in Rebus, so the Sefer HaChanach says, Hashem wants his people to be at a state of ease. So the idea here is that he wants to remove the stumbling block from our path that a person who is wealthy should not just empty out the belongings and the assets of his friend. That should, that should, it should never ever come to that, that one person overpowers his, his friend because he's wealthier and this guy needs his help. This is, in fact, what happens with Rebus. The matter is known. Because of this, it's called a snake bite. Because that's, that's what it does. So that, and to hold back from that, says the Sefer HaChinuch, so Hashem um, commanded that there shouldn't even, you shouldn't be an Arev, you shouldn't be a Sofer, you shouldn't be an aide, you should not be a cosigner, you should not be a scribe or a witness um, for a case of Rebus. Anything that would enable a case of Rebus to happen, Hashem doesn't want that. So what, what it sounds like is this is an extra protection for people. Hashem is trying to protect people from, from having their assets being emptied out. Now, meaning it doesn't sound like there's anything necessarily immoral per se, at least not at first glance, but it's something that Hashem is doing to protect people. Of course, protecting people all except the non-Jews, it seems. So why should that be? And by the way, if you look at the Sefer HaChinuch in Mitzvah Shin Mem Gimel, he just points out that when it comes to a guy, so you can't you can't lend, so you could lend to a guy, and he says even a ger toshav, and he even adds the minchas chinuch. He says, and this is all in, it's an os aleph. He says there are even wicked people af shehem yisrael, even though they're Jews, muter and You could even lend to them with ribbis, which is really intense. So apparently rishayim and non-Jews, and the question is why should this be? So here we go back to Mitzvah 573, Tuf, Kofayin, Gimel, where we have that Pasuk, he should, or, or not only he can, but you should um, bite the Nachri with ribbis. So here the Sefer Chanuk says, Mishar Sheha Mitzvah, She'ein ro'id lanu, Ligmal Chesed Zulasi El Ha'am Yod E Hakel, Ve'ha'ovdim Lufanov. Now this is a real Chiddush, and buckle up. He says that it's not appropriate for us to bestow this kind of chesed except on uh, the, you know, the, except to the people who know God and serve him. Only the people who know God and serve him, to them it's appropriate to give this chesed. And when we withhold this chesed from other people, what does this demonstrate? The ikr, love and compassion that we have for non-Jews. It's from the vantage point, insofar as they are being machzik, they are accommodating and enforcing and helping, they're supporting our Torah of Hashem, meaning they're, they're enabling us to serve Hashem better. 
And he says, he says, V'hinei im ha-kavana hazos, with this kavana, yihi alonu schar, there will be reward, v'miniyas ha-chesed, by withholding the chesed mayhem from them. Kimo basasino so, imanu. But what's the point? He's saying that apparently there's, a, there's an extent to which chesed does have boundaries, that this kind of chesed is not reserved for them. Meaning, it, it, this is something that might be considered normal, and we're going to see, he's, he's basing this off the Ramban, the, the, the black version of the Minchas Chinuch, points us to the Ramban in Parshas Kiseisei, and the Ramban says, what does it mean? That it's mutter to press a nachri with, with ribas? And says the Ramban, it does not talk about this with gezel and geneva. Because it's usher to steal from a guy. We don't say, oh, you don't steal from a Jew, but from a guy you could steal. Absolutely not. Lending with interest is done with the knowledge and the consent of both parties, the lender and the borrower. This is, once again, it's neutral and it's mutual. It's not, it's not, we wouldn't call it bad or good. It's forbidden between Jews only because of the achva, the brotherhood, and the chesed that they're supposed to be between us. Just like it says, and so on and so forth. And the Ramban just adds that I'm um, just I'm um, skipping a little bit. He says, It says, in order that Hashem should bless you, he says, when it comes to Chesed Rachman that that happens between brothers, that it should just be an act of charity. And the same thing we find by Shemitah, that when it comes to a um, a Jew, you can't press him to pay back your loan. But when it comes to a guy, as Hanachri Tigos, this is when it comes to a guy, you should press him to pay back the loans. He says it's going to be designated for a bracha who does this. Says the Ramban, when the kasev, when the pasuk, when Scripture promises a bracha, it's not going to promise a bracha for someone who who um, doesn't do geneva or doesn't do gzela, that or doesn't um, any, make any kind of financial oppression on a person, because that you're supposed to do. Apparently, by not charging interest to a Jew and by charging it to a guy, there's apparently a bracha there, which tells us that this is not about not doing bad. It's beyond that. And what exactly is the hashkafa behind why this should be bad to, to ask a Jew um, to pay you back for the mitzvah and uh, for of lending? And the idea, very simply, is that that's exactly what it is when you're asking a, a Jew to pay you back for lending him. So what you're saying is, I'm doing a chesed, I'm doing a mitzvah, and I don't know necessarily that I'm going to be able to benefit from that. What's in it for me, in other words, is what you're asking the, the, the Jew when you're telling him to pay you back. And when the person is borrowing that ribis money, or he's borrowing the money and then he's paying back the ribis money, what he's essentially saying is, hey, I'm paying you back for doing a mitzvah. And this really um, reminds us of this um, really terrible hashkafa, which uh, there's MS to it, but it's terrible to think about um, what people say. It's a secular line, I believe. And people say, oh, no good deed, no good deed goes unpunished. Now, when, when your kids hear you say that, that's absolutely terrible, Chenuch. It's really despicable and distasteful. Now, is it not true? So I would say, yes, we have a principle of bidamayich chayi, that by your blood you live. Blood, sweat, and tears goes into the mitzvah. You need mesiris nefesh. And sometimes there are no guarantees that in this world that you're going to see the reward for doing a mitzvah. We have a principle that, as a general rule, we don't have schar for mitzvahs in this world. But the, the, the formulation of no good deed goes unpunished, that's once again really, it's, it's, it, it's, it's, it's repulsive. Because we have the hashkafa 
that we don't need to be paid back for our mitzvahs. And we're doing something good for another person. At least right now we're talking about doing it for a Jew. We don't need to buffer it. We don't need insurance on your mitzvah. The best insurance is the mitzvah itself. And that's why we don't, we, we don't we, you know, because of the brotherhood, says the Ramban, that we're trying to show for our brother. We go the extra mile. We do the chesed and we don't ask for anything in return. Because that's how brothers are. We have to lerecha now, when it comes to a guy, he says, this is normal. It's normal. It's a normal business tactic. And it's, it's okay and appropriate to ask for the guy to give you something in return. For the moment, and it says that once again, the Sefer HaChinuch, why do we charge a guy interest? Because apparently that extra mile of chesed is not something that's reserved for him. Should you generally be nice to people? Yeah, you should do good things. You should not be a bad person. You should absolutely not steal chas v'shalom. But when it comes to interest... That's a normal business tactic, and that's, it's, a, it's perfectly normal. That, that overreaching of chesed, that over-embracing, is not reserved for a guy. We have an additional iser in Parshas Vashchanan of Lo Sechonin, that we don't give free gifts to a guy, unwarranted gifts or unwarranted praise. And, um, and so the point is that there's a, there's a hashkafa, there's a boundary. We might say that this also sort of relates to the way we relate to people differently than with the way we relate to animals. There's a, there's a different level in the spiritual hierarchy. And in this case, the case of brotherhood and the relationship. So, it's, and the point is that a guy's relationship with us um, in a similar vein to, to Behemos, is that they're supposed to bolster our Avodah Hashem. And insofar as they're not doing that, so we don't overstep and reach to give over extra chesed to them. To be a good person, absolutely. But to, to be a brother, all, we're all brothers, all men were created equal. Equal. So in a certain sense, yes, in a certain sense, there's a difference in level. Being an Orla Goyim, we have to shine Hashem's light to the world. And doing that by fulfilling Hashem's Torah and giving and, and, and putting our, and putting the Klal Yisrael, uh, is, is there certain supremacy here? In a certain sense, yes. It's a, it's, a, it's a family supremacy. It's a certain kind of spiritual nepotism that we do put our brothers first. We overreach with chesed for our brothers. And we don't look for reward for the mitzvah. When it comes to a guy, we have regular normal transactions with them. He has to be a nice person. But again, we do it in such a way that we have this understanding that whenever our money is in the hands of a guy, we don't know what the guy is going to do with the money. And if that, and whatever time is lapsing between the time that the guy takes our money and then pays us back, that's, that's, those are, that's moments that we are not being able to use that money to serve Hashem. And we're not, you know, we, we, don't, and we don't have to sacrifice that to a guy. When we give our money in the hands of another Jew, there's a mitzvah immediately in doing that. But when it comes to tzedakah, when it comes to lending, um, we, the chazal say, we lend, and the Pasuk really says, we lend Ami, we lend Hashem's nation first. And that's why it, and those are the, the priorities, the hierarchy, is the point here. And that, that has to exist. We have to be, recognize that. And clearly there are many lessons that we can take out of the Isser and all the Isserim of Ribas, whether it comes to the brotherhood that we're supposed to have with fellow Jews, when it comes to maybe not being too casual and not being overly embracing of, of the other nations, and maybe the idea of when we do a mitzvah for our brothers, that we're not supposed to think, what's in it for me, that we're friends with benefits, what can I get out of doing this mitzvah, that we have faith in Hashem's system, that we, that we, that we serve each other um, like brothers and don't expect any, anything back in return. There's so much to be said. But um, well, once again, this um, all-encompassing Esther, which has... Um, again, this broader hashkaf of how we relate to mitzvahs, recognizing that our mitzvahs are about our, our best insurance, and that we have to recognize that um, the, the the nature of our relationship with fellow man, 
whether it's a Jew, whether it's a non-Jew, what are the differences, and what higher hashkafa um, there is for B'nai Yisrael. Anyway, that takes us through this Real Talk Torah. If you enjoyed this shiurim and other shiurim like this that we have on the podcast, just reach out to me at thedatabase at gmail.com if you want to partner up with us to give a sponsorship or donation. That's the data, then base, B-E-I-S, at gmail.com to make a donation today. But in the meantime, keep it real, keep talking, and most importantly, keep the Torah. Thank you for joining us here at The Database.